Welcome to the conversation at airsafe.com. I'm your host, Todd Curtis. On June 3rd, 2015, I had a conversation with WIND Radio of Chicago, where we discussed the recent revelations that when an internal security team tested TSA at 70 different locations, in 67 of 70 attempts, over 95% of the attempts, they were able to get simulated weapons and explosives through TSA security screening stations. Boy, I, honestly, talk about uh, life imitating Zucker Brothers art. This uh, TSA report that came out the other day, Lauren, uh, 96% failure rate. Not surprising. They dispatched <laughs> uh, the internal red teams at TSA, the little audit of security, uh, and uh, what was it, 67 out of 70 bombs and guns, makeshift bombs and guns, you know, this is an exercise, uh, were able to pass through TSA unnoticed or to maybe put a more positive spin on it as iowa huck did when he tweeted no you have to look at it the other way federal investigators succeeded 96 percent of the time in evading tsa so it's a federal government success story wow that's what you really know. hear yeah <laughs> surely you can't be serious uh, i am serious and don't call me surely oh the great leslie nielsen uh dr todd curtis from airsafe.com joins us now he is a transportation safety and policy Expert, uh, Dr. Curtis, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, what are we to take away from this report? Is TSA what Glenn Reynolds says it is, which is just uh, security theater? Well, uh, first, thanks for uh, having me on. I, I will say this. Uh, the failure of the TSA in this test, there's no excuse for it. I mean, simply, if you have a system that's supposed to pick up uh, contraband like that and it's failing, that that often and presumably uh, these are folks who uh, weren't trying to use the most sophisticated methods available to sneak things past but things that they would believe are the normal ways that someone would try to sneak contraband past yet they're able to do it and this just points out that the system although flawed uh, this is only one part of the system yes it is somewhat theatrical in that you have these folks uh, dressed up looking like police officers although they have no police powers who are going through uh, the motions of searching every passenger, which they should, uh, in a search for objects rather than a search for people who intend to do harm. And at least in this case, they failed. What are the qualifications to be in the TSA? Well, the TSA is constantly looking for uh, new people. And in fact, uh, recently they had a, uh, a press release going out in the Chicago area asking for uh, people to volunteer to be part-time TSA uh, uh, transportation security officers making about $14 an hour have to have a high school diploma, go through a background check, be able to lift um, baggage up to about 70 pounds. Uh, but beyond that, there's no specialized knowledge or training one has to have. Uh, they're not looking for people with law enforcement or military backgrounds necessarily. They're looking for people who, from reading between the lines, have at least some education at the high school level and are trainable. And uh, clearly, uh, for whatever reason, the system that's in place, plus the people who are there to work that system, haven't really cut the mustard. Uh, what is, uh, what's the TSA's annual budget? Uh, $8 billion, some somewhere in that neighborhood? Uh, along those lines. But keep in mind, it's not just the people we see at the, at the scanning stations. There's a lot of other things going on with TSA. 
Well, but okay, but if the scanning stations are superfluous, they're just there to you know make it exciting to to figure out whether or not we're going to make our flight or not. Then uh, should we do one of two things: get rid of scanning stations that are not particularly productive, and or improve the quality of recruiting, the the quality of talent demanded to be a TSA agent, and maybe the uh, compensation associated with that. I think it's something more fundamental than that that has to change. It has to be a change of attitude as to what's being looked for. Uh, as far as dangerous objects are concerned, literally thousands of times a year, uh, people accidentally try to take uh, guns and other weapons through the security checkpoints, or they package them incorrectly in, in check baggage. This happens thousands of times a year, yet there has not been anyone taking out a gun or a knife trying to attack an airliner since 9-11 here in America. So clearly the look for the search for objects, even if successful, may not actually address the risk. And I think there has to be a top-to-bottom rethinking of what are the risks and what are sensible, reliable, consistent ways to either eliminate or reduce that risk. Well, and, and of course, uh, you know, we, we make the point often here because of some of the hysteria that's generated by the media. Last year, not one American died on a commercial airliner. There's almost nowhere safer in the world than to be in a commercial airliner, and that's a, te- a testament in part to the security as well. But that frontline security, if that's not working, then describe what the uh, secondary and tertiary levels of security are that are working. Well, a couple of things that are working in the background and are, I believe have been rather effective have been the screening of check baggage. That is, uh, check baggage is going to be x-rayed, and there are also random screenings of check bags on a regular basis behind the scenes. And that's been very effective at stopping a variety of things. Uh, also, you have the whole intelligence system and law enforcement system in the background running things such as the no-fly list or the list where they would flag people for further questioning if there's something suspicious about uh, their behavior or how they purchased their ticket, etc. There's also, I believe, the eyes and ears of the airline professionals who are out there. Flight attendants, baggage handlers, uh, counter agents, if they see something that doesn't see, uh, seem right, that doesn't fit a pattern of a normal traveler, they may bring it to the attention of law enforcement or TSA. Now, if you may remember the underwear bomber of a few years ago. That person was actually identified as a suspicious person by his own father. So it's not just the safety and security professionals who are helping the system. It's everyone who's involved with aviation. Well, that's good to hear. But one of my concerns, as you mentioned, the TSA, they're looking for more people, you know, to come on board. And I've had the experience of, you know, being waiting at, you're at the gate and they bring the little, you know, small table over and three or four TSA agents are standing around uh, and you're, going to be you know a couple people may be pulled out of line and it seems that there are just so many standing around doing nothing not really checking anything and there's an abundance of them just walking up and down the halls well again anyone who travels and i've seen the same thing happen myself it's frustrating to see what appears to be a very well-funded organization where people are visibly not doing work now i can make an argument that yes you, you can't have people working like squirrels in a cage 24 7 But I think it's obvious, especially after the results that were released this week, it's obvious that the workers who are there have to do a different kind of job, both for the perspective of making passengers feel better, that the people who are there are competent and actually working, and from the effectiveness point of view, that things that shouldn't be going through are in fact stopped. 
Yeah, I'm tired of having to tell TSA agents to get that finger out of their ear. They don't know where that finger's been. Uh, we're talking to Dr. Todd Curtis. He is uh, with airsafe.com, founder of airsafe.com. He's a transportation safety and policy expert. Uh, Dr. Curtis, do you think it was a mistake to federalize TSA after 9-11 uh, and take the uh, responsibility for airport security out of local authorities' hands? It, it's hard to say if it was a mistake, but what I will say is this. Uh, the system as it's been constituted now is such where it's very difficult to have a competing system come into play. For example, although a few airports are allowed to have non-TSA people actually do the security screening supervised by TSA officials, that sort of thing is not promoted across the board. Presumably, one could think that there may be an organization, private company even, that can come up with a cheaper, better alternative for security screening, charge less money for the government, and have the government oversee their performance, much like it was the case before 9-11. Yet, at least at the moment, it seems as though that's not really readily available. All right. He is Dr. Todd Curtis, founder of airsafe.com, uh, transportation safety and policy expert. Dr. Curtis, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Well, thanks again for having me. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. You're listening to Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. For more information about TSA security procedures, please visit tsa.airsafe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.